Coming up on this week's episode of Filmology, we're taking a look at a new science fiction film, talking about some maybe creepy dolls, and also taking a look at one of the latest Jason Momoa films on Netflix. All that and more coming up on this week's episode of Filmology. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things. Welcome to the show. I am John Galarwitz, also known as Johnny G over at FomologyShow.com. And on this week's episode of the show, I am once again joined by Mike and Samantha. Hi. Hello. How are you both doing this week? Are we doing well? Enjoying what's kind of feeling like the last of summer? At least I feel like fall's coming. Maybe it's not coming and I'm just excited for eggnog. I'm ready for Christmas. I'm not ready for Christmas, (laughs) but I'm ready for eggnog. So if that means I have to get to Christmas for eggnog, sure. That's fine. Yeah. It's almost Christmas, everybody. (laughs) All right. Anyway... Christmas, yeah, <laughs> I'm not that excited, but... Ha- or if you celebrate something else, winter holidays! Either way, not excited. <laughs> if you want to listen to past uh, episodes of Phomology, you can always go to phomologyshow.com. That's where this show was hosted. We're also obviously on iTunes. That's where a lot of people listen to us, so you can find us there. And if you want to go back and look at past reviews written all the way back to 2013, that's, once again, at phomologyshow.com. Top fives are up there whole bunch of film reviews, and as we've been saying for the past couple weeks, we are going through a revamp of the site. Uh, not much actually happened in this past week since you guys have listened. We've both been incredibly busy, so not much has happened in the form of updating. A couple things here and there, but nothing major like uh, it had been the past week, couple weeks before that. Hopefully we can find some time to get some stuff updated, but life's been a bit busy uh, so we shall see if that continues. As we have been doing in the past few weeks here, we've been talking about things in the art world that have inspired us, whether it be a film, a book, a video game, a song that you heard on the radio, anything like that that has inspired you this week in film, uh, this week in film, this week in the arts world. Mike, would you like to go first? Um, the only thing I watched was something I can't remember the name of. Just one second, I'm thinking... Seven Perfect Strangers? Does that sound right? I watched that. That was interesting. Definitely not life-changing, but it's pretty much the only thing I've watched that was interesting this week. So, I'm going to have to go with that. It's a low bar to set to this week. Would you have to go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I figured out what I was going to say. So, I don't know if you guys know or not, but John and I like to do these scavenger hunts for fun off of the website Letterboxd. And for one of the movies I watched was That Darn Cat. Um, I was expecting it to be really, really bad. It actually wasn't that bad. It's about this cat that comes home. Well, he's a darn cat, so he's pretty sassy and causes trouble everywhere, um, which makes him lovable. And his name is DC for short, Darn Cat. And anyway... The name of the cat's actually Darn Cat. Yeah, that's his name. And uh, he stumbles upon a crime scene, and the kidnapped person gives him a wristwatch, and they work on trying to solve the crime, 
and figure out where he This isn't found a joke, it. right? This is an actual That's movie. an actual movie and it was actually not that bad, believe it or not. It was actually kind of good. I don't know if I ever need to see this. <laughs> Did you watch the one from like the 60s? That I'm assuming this was 1965. <laughs> yeah, the original. Yeah, but anyway, I was just amused that the cat was helping solve a crime and stuff. He didn't talk, he was just a cat. If it would have talked, I would have been like, okay, now I'm completely out of this movie. <laughs> well, okay, the main reason why I picked it for my scavenger hunt, you'll never believe it, is it's to a- beat Jonathan at Disney Trivia, because we have a trivia game that brings up a lot of questions from that darn cat. And I, I've never seen that darn cat. So, and I, now I'm going to win, everybody. I, I and that's that. really inspired me to watch more movies to defeat more trivia questions. If there's one thing that I'm great at, <laughs> it's having useless information. So I don't think you're going to beat me at The one thing trivia. I'm good at is having information about animals. And you know what this one has? A cat. I will remember. Anyway, um, <laughs> I haven't really watched much uh, other than my normal stuff, but that's not really anything exciting to talk about. So I'm going to talk about a comic book instead on the Marvel Unlimited app. For those of you who don't know what Marvel Unlimited is, it's a subscription service you can pay for Marvel Comics in your backdated three months from when the comics are coming out. So the comics from, I believe it is May, are now coming to the Marvel Unlimited app. And they have uh, started the War of the Bounty Hunters crossover event throughout all of the Star Wars comics. And uh, that's written by Charles Saul. It's, it's, it's good. It features a character appearing again from one of the, the Star Wars movies that I really liked, yet some other people didn't. It's not one of the prequel films. I'm, I'm trying to be vague here because it's actually a really good character reveal. But it's uh, the whole the whole point of this cross this crossover event is Boba Fett is taking Han Solo when he's frozen in carbonite back to Jabba the Hutt. However, somebody steals Han when he's in carbonite from Boba Fett. So it's all these different bounty hunters trying to get uh, Han Solo plus the rebels trying to get Han Solo before he gets over to Jabba, uh, Jabba the Hutt on Tatooine. So it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of double-crossing, things like that. Um, it, it's just, you know, it, it feels like Star Wars. It feels entertaining. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really good. Most of the Star Wars comics are really good. So if, um, I, A, highly recommend the Marvel Unlimited app. And, I mean, if you have a local comic book shop, uh, I think Warrior of the Bounty Hunters, it's, a, I think, a five- or six-issue miniseries, and I believe it's actually wrapping up next month, if you want to get it, get it in actual physical uh, physical uh, floppy format. But uh, if you want to go the less expensive route, definitely the Marvel Unlimited app will be the way to go, especially with all these new MCU movies coming out. You might want to be educated a little bit in what's going on. No, Samantha says no. I'm fine just experiencing the movie. I'm only one person, though. Don't listen to me. That's fine. I probably feel like I'm in the minority of people who actually read the comics who kind of knows what's going to happen. But um, anyway, that's neither here nor there. We're going to start off uh, this week's show. I don't even think I said what we're reviewing in this week's show. It's a mystery. It's not a mystery. We are reviewing (laughs) uh, Reminiscence, Sweet Girl, and Annette. 
Our top five for this week's show is top five Marion Cotillard films, tying in with our review of Annette. And I didn't go. I I realized I didn't go over a lot of things. You can always follow us on social media: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all Filmology Show. That's also where you would go to find uh, to find out when this episode or not this episode because you're currently listening to it, but when future episodes of the show are posted. That's where you can go to find that out. Well, I'm doing things in a really reverse order today because it's that kind of day. Anyway, we are going to get into our reviews. So here is the trailer for Reminiscence, and we'll see you on the other side to talk about that film. You're going on a journey. A journey through memory. All you have to do is follow my voice. We're closed. I know, I'm sorry it's late. We have time for one more job. When the waters began to rise and war broke out, nostalgia became a way of life. There wasn't a lot to look forward to. So people began looking back. Nothing is more addictive than the past. No, 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 put me back. Put me back. I understand. She has moved on, and you should too. People don't just vanish. To find where she gone. Nick Bannister, a private investigator of the mind, navigates the alluring world of the past when his life is changed by a new client, May. A simple case becomes an obsession after she disappears and he fights to learn the truth about her. That is the plot synopsis for the new Warner Brothers film, Reminiscence, directed and written by Lisa Joy, starring Hugh Jackman and Rebecca Ferguson. This film is streaming on HBO Max, and if you wanted to go to the theater to see it, you could do that, but let's kind of wait till we get to our recommendations to see whether we would recommend anybody actually check this film out. I think I'll start with my, like, brief, you know, thoughts here on the film. A, I really like Hugh Jackman. Actually, I, 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 Smith, would you say that I, like, I love Hugh Jackman? Every time a yes. Hugh Jackman film comes out, I'm really excited. You frequently tell me about... When we could have seen his show and said we had to go to a, a wedding. So let me tell everybody <laughs> here a quick story. And I, Samantha, would it be safe to say that they're probably not listening to this? Probably not. Probably not. Okay, then good. Um, so <laughs> I had to go to a wedding. Poor and, thing. Instead of going to Hugh Jackman's one-man show. Had to go to a fun party instead. I, I know. I missed the fun party. I know. Oh. Um, <laughs> but... Um, so I had to go to this wedding instead of going to the Hugh Jackman one-man show, and I was upset. Would that be the word? I don't, I don't even think that would cover how I was. I was very tempted to give them a card that said, if you get divorced, you owe me a Hugh Jackman <laughs> concert. Oh my god. So, Alyssa, Vinny, once again, if you guys are listening, that's me. That, that's, that's the card, like, two years late. So, I don't think you guys are listening, but in case you are, you got that. Uh, anyway, uh, so very upset. Didn't get going to the Hugh Jackman one-man show. Really like him as Wolverine in the X-Men films. Love him in The Prestige. 
like him in The Greatest Showman, but I want to see what he can do now that he's not doing these Marvel movies. He's trying to be more of like, you know, I don't want to say a serious actor because he was, I, I think, always a serious actor. He wasn't like a joke, but doing things that he can just, you know, not not have to put on the tights and not have to do all things like that. And I like science fiction. So I was like, cool, this seems like an interesting movie. And I think that's where the entire film stops for me. It just feels like an interesting movie. It never gets off the ground. And I'm just kind of bored. Bored. I was bored during the majority of the running length of this film. It's it's just, it's such an interesting premise, but the film doesn't do anything with it. And I, like, this This is from the person who was co-writing, uh, or co is co-writing, I think, that Westworld show. I don't even know if it's still on HBO, to be honest. I've never watched it, but... This doesn't make me want to run out there to watch the show. This makes me want to avoid that show at all costs. Because if that show is as lifeless as this film, you could have an interesting nugget of a premise, but if it's not being pulled off by the actors, by the directing, it's just going to make for a dull experience. And that really is, that's just the perfect word to describe reminiscence, is dull. Uh, Mike, your first impressions here are reminiscence. I actually enjoyed it. Um, I like the sci-fi parts and the noir parts and um, all that. It was a whole bunch of different genres mashed together. All the performances were really nice. There was some... So it wasn't perfect by any means, but I def- definitely didn't find it dull. I uh, really enjoyed it overall. I, it didn't like live up to its potential, um, but yeah, I still managed to like it. Uh, Samantha, how about you? I actually kind of liked it, John. Um, I do agree that it maybe could have been shorter in some aspects. You know, maybe it didn't need. I'm not even all saying that it had. I'm not even no, saying no, no. the film. Okay. I'm not. I'm not saying that's what you're saying, but I. I do think that they had some parts in there where I was just like, this is dragging a little bit. But I did find it really interesting to be able to look at someone else's memories, and it reminded me a whole lot of some other stuff. It reminded me of. Um, Black Mirror. Black Mirror has this episode where you can purchase this device where you can play back any memory you want to and it kind of shows you this world of what that would be like and what would be bad, what would be good about it, how it can kind of drive you a little crazy to nitpick over details all the time. So that kind of reminded me of what happened here where you know people could get addicted to the past um, and then also reminded me of the movie Deja Vu, which I watched recently for the show. Um, it reminds me of that because they're trying to solve a crime in the past. Like, looking at the past to solve the future, if that makes sense. So I thought that was also kind of interesting. But I don't know if I ever fully bought their chemistry together. Oh, I was going to say, it did seem a little rushed that he just suddenly falls in love with her. Um, and he comes that obsessed with her. Also, really quick, just because we're going to be talking here, um, the groundskeepers here at our apartment complex have decided that they want to mow the lawn every two days. So I apologize if you can hear some background sound here. They are never consistent on when they're here, and they're never consistent on the time. So can't really plan around that. But uh, we will try our best. Uh, anyway, uh, when it comes to them... Like falling, or him, I guess, falling for her so fast. I kept thinking of something like those film noir films, something, you know, like Double Indemnity, uh, Sunset Boulevard, th- things like that, that, or uh, the other film actually I kept thinking of a lot 
while watching this was Blade Runner, you always have those characters who just fall for the femme fatale really quickly, and that's exactly what this is. It's a trope. Is it believable? No. But it's just, to get that story going faster, you have to have it happen. I don't think that this film earns that story trope. Look, it's just, the back of my mind, every time an original movie comes out, I hear this chorus of people saying, they don't make films like this anymore. They don't make films like this anymore. And usually the whole reason why they don't make films like this anymore is because they give you results like this that just, to me once again, feel been there, done that, and generic and dull. It's taking bits and pieces from other science fiction films and shoving them in here. To some people that might sound appealing, to me it does not. So I'm not, I'm not gonna discourage people from like rushing out to see this. If you see it and you like it, I think that's great. What I'm just personally saying is there are better films than this. And this isn't a film like last week we talked about Free Guy where I actively was like repulsed by that movie. I'm not on that level with this film. I'm just indifferent to it, which I we could argue whether that's better or worse, but yeah, I just really you guys like both liked Rebecca Ferguson and Hugh Jackman in this film though? You thought their performances were good? Yeah, I thought the performances were good. I didn't have any issues with them at all. I had issues with them I had issues with them as a couple. I didn't have issues of them acting. I, I'm just thinking of all these better Hugh Jackman performances, and I'm like, man, this is this is just not what I want. I, I have to look it up to see. This actually might be his worst performance. No. He has one worst performance that I can find looking back at, at his films, and that's from a 2008 film called Deception. The less said about that film, the better. Does anybody have anything else to say here about this film, I reminiscence, I can't, I'm even having a hard time remembering what the film title is here. You need to reminisce about it. I'm, look, I... Oh, ho, 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 ho. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. I, I, I think that this says something that I, I'm having a hard time remembering the title of this film shortly after seeing it. I mean, it's been less than 24 hours since we've watched this film, and... It, it didn't leave an impact on me at all. It was just so generic and bland. And to me, to me, I, I've always said in my reviews, that's a worse sin than creating a bad movie. At least a bad movie is memorable. But this is just... It, it, it's, the, it's the definition of average and adequate. And I just... I, I don't need that. I don't want that. So, I don't know. Uh, everybody done with thoughts here or do we what do we want to just jump into ratings I, I really don't have anything to say about this film and so the other thing I want to say about this film is I liked how they showed the past as something that can be addicting in a damaging way I just thought that was a really interesting way to show it because people were getting so lost in the past that they did not care about the future or the present at all and I feel like that can happen in real life in a way where... Nostalgia. Someone can just spiral because all they think about is the past. And I just like the representation of that in this movie. It's Mike with his 90s films. <laughs> right there. What? <laughs> I still like new films. He does have some I strong nostalgia for the 90s. It is true. No. That's when there's a lot of good movies in the 90s. You just have bad taste. Just saying. 
talking about that. I mean, it, it goes back to me, another film that I think we talked about before, even like a couple weeks ago, uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I mean, that's that, that whole thing is dealing with memories. I don't know why... I mean, get a different side of things. I mean, this is, once again, a neo-noir film. But I just... It, it, this film just doesn't have a punch to me. It's just so toothless and bland. I go for the jugular or don't do it. I know a lot of people get angry at me when I walk into every film expecting it to be Citizen Kane, and I, I understand that every film can't be that. But if you're not striving to make a good film when you're making it, then why bother? What would you have done differently? I don't like to play the armchair director of what I would do differently because I have to look at the film that's here at hand. Mm -hmm. I can't go back and say I'm going into the editing, editing room to change the film. Okay. What would I do differently? I, <laughs> I, I mean, I, th I think this just needs a, an entire script reevaluation. There's never a point in this film where I'm rooting for anybody, but there's also never a point where I want people to fail at their task. Once again, I'm apathetic to this entire film. And I just, I, I can't put my finger on what it, what would have to change in the film to make me care. But I shouldn't be apathetic because I'm walking into the film already expecting to really like it because I love Hugh Jackman. So I think he's given a pretty bland and bad performance here. There's, he's not really expressing himself at all. He just feels like he's kind of reading off of cue cards that are up in front of uh, the camera instead of reading off a script that he has memorized uh, beat for beat. That's just the feeling and vibe I'm getting, but obviously you guys disagree with me, which is totally fine. I, I, I'm frustrated with the fact that I'm apathetic towards this film. So, here at Phonology, we have a rating system. See it, rent it, skip it, let it burn. All of those are self-explanatory besides let it burn, which means that everybody involved with this film, from the caterers to the producers, should be put into film purgatory and not be allowed to make a film again for a good long while. That being said, my rating here, my rating here for Reminiscence is a skip it. I mean, it's not bad enough to be a let it burn. Like I said, it's shot well. There's, I guess, decent enough performances. I, I can understand the entire plot of the film. I just don't care. So, for my craft level, I mean, it's made fine. It's not like I'm watching a, uh, Space Jam A New Legacy or Tom and Jerry from this year. Those are Let It Burn films. This is just complete wash of a film. I don't recommend you spending two hours watching it. I don't recommend you spending any of your hard-earned money on this film. Whether it be if you want to pay the $15 for an HBO Max subscription so you can just watch it at your house, or going to the theater to see it. I, there's better things to watch, better things to do with your time. For me, it's a skip it. I say it, ranked it. I enjoyed my time. Um, even though it wasn't a perfect movie, it's still worth a watch. Um, yeah, nice new noir, sci-fi, romance, action movie that's well shot and well acted. Santa. I was going to say my opinion is a rent it. I don't know if it's good enough to go see in the theater, but it has some good sci-fi things to watch. And yeah. If you agree or disagree with any of our takes on this film, you can always email us at filmologyshow at gmail.com. If you want to tell me how I should just, you know, go in expecting some, I hate to say dumb fun, because this, this film isn't dumb, but it's also not fun. Uh, but if you want to tell me how I need to just, you know, live life a little bit more and not expect every movie to be perfect, you can always email us at filmologyshow at gmail.com. Or if you would like to say that Mike and Samantha need to be a little more critical on 
their viewings of uh, these films, you can also email us with that. I'm going to guess that most people are going to say I'm the one who's wrong, but that's okay. I've learned to accept the fact that I'm usually right and people just can't understand it. Oh um, <laughs> anyway, we are going to play yeah, our trailer, or not our trailer, we're going to play the trailer here for the new Netflix film, Sweet Girl, and we'll see you on the other side to talk about that film. The past is like a dream. Images and feelings that offer some truth about how we got here. Even if details are blurred with time. I had a dream last night about that trip we took with mom in the woods. <laughs> I miss her, I miss her family. My wife was supposed to start a new medication. The company that makes the drug pulled it off the market. Paying competitors to shell generic brands of drugs? That is immoral. Our next caller is from Pittsburgh. If my wife dies, it's your death sentence. I can help you get justice for what happened to your wife. Who's that? Local family gets ravaged by Big Pharma's greed. We could blow this thing wide open. A devastated husband vows to bring justice to the people responsible for his wife's death while protecting the only family he has left, his daughter. That is the plot synopsis for the new Netflix original film, Sweet Girl, starring Jason Momoa and Isabel Mursad, directed by Brian Andrew Mendoza. Look, when I talk about how I have a distaste for Netflix films, right here, Right, what we just experienced explains my distaste for Netflix films. They are shoddy, they're not that well acted, and they are just a drag to watch. This makes me think of a film last year, which I, I had the same complaint on, and now I, I need to take it back a couple things I said about it. Uh, when we reviewed Extraction, I was like, man, this is... It's, it's just not the action movie I want. And the action in that film looks spectacular to any of the action here in Sweet Girl. It's, you can tell it's done by a director who hasn't done much. He doesn't want the action to be like on full display. He's so quick with his cutting because he doesn't know what to show. He doesn't know how to shoot action. So they're just trying to take all this jumbled footage in the editing bay and make it somewhat comprehensible. I mean, you can always tell what's going on. It's never... I'm never on the edge of my seat. Like, I would be with something like Mad Max Fury Road, which I know I'm, out of the three of us here, I adore that film, and you two just think it's fine. But, yeah, this is, this is just, man, I, I, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Uh, I thought the, the two twists of the film, shrug? I mean, say what you will about M. Night Shyamalan and his twists, but he just going for something. And you can tell that he actively, like, thinks that he's the smartest person in the room with his twists. Some of them, I think, are completely laughable, but I'd rather have that than, once again, something like this that just, it feels like a shrug. It just feels like an afterthought. It doesn't feel earned while you're watching the film. I, I, I don't want to say I expected bad things with the film, but it's a Netflix movie. I mean, I think you're getting what you're paying for here, and if you want a subpar viewing experience, then this is what you want. But if you want something that's really, you know, good, 
thrilling, engaging, a good political twist, a good action film, watch something else. I, I do have more to say, but I'd like to hear what you guys think of it before I go on with any more thoughts. I really don't have a strong opinion about this movie, so I don't have a lot to say other than I I didn't really care about the characters like I was supposed to, and there's a lot of fighting that was kind of like, okay, that's happening. Yeah, I don't know. I usually like Jason Moma quite a bit. You could say he's my Brie Larson compared to Jonathan. Um, I do really like Jason Moma, but this movie didn't really do it for me, so I was just kind of there. I mean, his performance in this film makes you wonder why he didn't get an Oscar in Aquaman. And it's just me saying his performance in Aquaman is good, his performance here is not. No, it's pretty average. Like, they could have had anyone do it, you know? It didn't have to be him, if that makes sense. Well, he's a name. I know, but I'm just saying, like, what he was doing, anyone could have done. I think you could say that for most of his performances. No... Trust me on that one. I disagree with you on that completely. <laughs> he's, 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 it's, not, it's not like he's like he's the He's most... my favorite in Game of Thrones, and I understand that that is a TV show and not a movie. Okay, whatever. I'm going to get to that. because that... He's not a great person in Game of Thrones, but I like him. He's, not, he's there for like a, a blink and you miss it. He's, like he's the... there for... One season. A full season. He's there for one season. He makes an impact. It definitely does not to me at all. Well, you didn't even watch all the Game of Thrones. I watched the so first season. You can't season. even talk. I watched the first season, so I... Do you remember it? No. No, he does not. Let me answer for you right now. He's laughing because it's true. I'm laughing because I remember aspects of it, and I can tell you that he was an aspect that never rang a bell to me. Everyone keeps talking about how great he was, and I was like, are you joking me? This is what you're talking about? It's like watching like paint dry. You're like, oh man, it's entertainment. Anyway, Mike, your thoughts here on Sweet Girl. I think, I I thought it was okay. I like I actually like the twist at the end. I don't know what two twists you're talking about. Um, I know the, like, the big one. I can't remember what the second one would be offhand. Um, but I like the big twist. and actually made some of the dialogue choices make more sense, if you're paying attention to what they're saying. Uh, some of the things some of the characters say don't make any sense without that twist. It was weird. No, just let me rephrase you really quick. Uh, when I say it's a twist at the end of that second twist, that's not really a twist. It's the whole political side of this thing, which is like, hey, if you have money, you control things. Where have you been the past hundred years? That's not a new revelation. Yet this film was trying to tell me that it's a brand new revelation. Like, they just came up with it. Like, they're a genius for it. I mean... That, to me, I don't want to... No, that was. That was, like, you know, that whole thing last week with Ryan Reynolds. That was offensive to me. And that's acting like I live under a rock. And maybe the normal Netflix audience lives under a rock. I don't know. I'm not normally a Netflix binge watcher. But I like to, you know, pay attention to somewhat what's going on in the outside world. And to say that money controls everything, no duh. So... I would say I like being under a rock. The news is upsetting. Let's live under a rock instead. I will tell you that, but even as someone who actively avoids the news, if it's something big enough, I do get to hear about it. And uh, I definitely already knew that, so I'm not even sure if you're under a rock if you can avoid that. 
You don't even have to follow the news. Just pay attention to anything. Pay attention to business. Pay attention to, like, the fact that Netflix is the biggest streamer out there. It's because they have all the money. They have all the subscriptions. I mean, I think Amazon has more money than Fine. Amazon has more money, but it's not because it has a bigger streaming service. That's because it has an e-commerce part that they build. That's their whole thing. But I feel that most of this film, at that last... 20, no, that's 20, the last 10 minutes of the film was honestly like as enjoyable as beating my head against a wall. So, if you enjoy that, by all means, have at this film. But, I, Mike, I, I think I will agree with you. I, 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 the first twist is fine. It's, it's not like, it, it's not the world's greatest twist and it's not the world's, world's worst twist. Did it make me want to go back and rewatch the first part of this film? Moderately so. So I can say that, yeah, it, it works. But I just think that the end message of this film, being a political thriller, I just, I, I just, I, I, why? Like, I, I get that we like political thrillers. I mean, we love, like, Robert Redford movies. Even going to, like, a more modern adaptation of something like that with Captain America the Winter Soldier, which is completely a political thriller... People like to eat that stuff up, but they like it when it's entertaining. They like it when it's trying to tell them something new or trying to subvert their expectations of what they think is going to happen. I don't think anybody here is surprised that Big Pharma is controlling a lot of things, that they're giving politicians money. I Really? Does anybody believe that the pharmaceutical companies aren't doing that? I'm sorry if you have this very idealistic view of the government to help politics work. But wake up and welcome to reality. Does anybody have anything else they'd like to say about Sweet Girl? Mike, I completely did cut you off with your, your thoughts. Yeah, I don't remember them anymore, though. Um, it's okay. I mean, I was talking earlier about my love for Hugh Jackman. This film, while it doesn't have a actor or actress in it that I love like Hugh Jackman, uh, it has Is- Isabel Mursad, who I said back in 2019, actually after doing a film that I don't think a lot of people saw, but uh, Dora and the Lost City of Gold, I thought she was really good in that role. She she knew exactly how to pull off that character, and you made she made it fun, believable. I mean, slightly annoying at times, but I mean that's what Dora is. But she knows that like the, the the film knows that the film's joking about it, but then it goes for full circle and makes her a real like dimensional character, interesting character, and she does a great job with it. I I thought she had a nice bright future ahead of her after that film. And since then, she was in the new Spirit movie and this movie. So, is anybody really excited for her career at this point? Probably not. I think she's fine in this role, but it, she, she didn't have the chops that I wanted her to have. She's better than Jason Momoa. So, I think, that, I think that's something that we should be happy about. You're looking at me like I'm crazy. Do you, are you going to say right now that Jason Momoa is better, gives a better performance in this film? You're, you're, you're shaking your head and nodding your head, but you don't want to actively voice it. So, no, okay. She doesn't want to voice it because she doesn't want to say Jason Momoa gave a bad performance. Well, not bad. Below adequate. But not like, why are you acting anymore? You should just stop acting. It's not that bad of a performance. Anyway. Ratings here for Sweet Girl. I, I have to go skip it again. I don't like coming on these shows saying how 
much I don't like these films. I don't like saying that people should skip watching movies. But, I mean, once again, I mean, my, my schedule is busy lately. I'm assuming other people have busy schedules. So, I took a bullet. I took a bullet twice now on this show. I watched two things that really sh- I, I, I could have skipped and I enjoyed my week a lot more. I'm urging everybody out there to skip this film. Yeah, you might like Jason Momoa, but go watch Aquaman again. Yes, it's a half hour longer, but it's more entertaining, and he's definitely enjoying that film a lot more than this. Skip this film, and once again, just watch something better. Mike, you're ready for a sweet girl. I'm going to say rent it again. This is much better than Aquaman. I don't know why you keep saying that. Aquaman is trash. But, um, yeah, they, they do a fine job. I like the chemistry between uh, Isabella Merced and Jason Momoa. Uh, that was believable. I enjoyed it. I don't remember what I said earlier um, before I got interrupted. But, yeah, it's not the greatest movie. It's not the best action movie, but it's definitely worth your time. I was going to say skip it, but maybe this movie is also just not my cup of tea. So maybe if you like basic action films, you can check it out. But yeah, I'd just say skip it. It was only alright to me. I would like to point out, I, I just had to pull up my review of Aquaman. And I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's like seven paragraphs long. But I gave it a rent it for Aquaman. So I, I do think that was a better film than this. I, I, I don't think that we should be commending people, or not commending, but recommending people watch this if they want to watch a good action film. I, I, I didn't say a good one. I said a basic one. Fine. I, 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 fine. Basic would be a good definition for this this film. If you agree or disagree with any of our thoughts on Sweet Girl, you feel free to email us at filmologyshow at gmail.com. We are going to take another break here before we talk about Annette, but we're going to roll that trailer and we'll see you on the other side to talk about that film. First time I fell in love. Woke up next to the girl and escaped fast and far. But Anne has changed me. What I see in her is obvious. What she sees in me is... Hmm, it's a little more puzzling. One, two, three, four... stand-up comedian and his opera singer wife have a two-year-old daughter with a surprising gift. That is the plot synopsis for Annette, which stars Adam Driver, Marion Cotillard, and Simon Helberg. It's directed by Leos Carax. I believe that's how you say his name. If not, I apologize immensely for that. But he also directed uh, Holy Motors that came out in 2012. This is a film that is streaming on Amazon Prime Video. It is also playing in independent film cinemas around the country. So if you have uh, an independent film theater in your market, just wait till the end to see whether we recommend you see this film in the theater, watch it at home, or you know just completely skip it altogether. 
But uh, this was a film that I was excited for. Not because of the director. Uh, once again, this is another film for the actors. I was excited for it. I mean, Adam Driver... I mean, obviously, I think he... I liked his performances in the uh, the Star Wars films that he was in. I mean, I'd have always enjoyed the character directions that they were going with that character with, with uh, Ben Solo, but I thought that he gave good performances. I thought that he gave good performances uh, for the material that he was given. But I loved him in Marriage Story. Loved him in Black Klansman. Loved him in Logan Lucky. Really liked him in While You're Young. I mean, I, I liked him in a lot of things. I mean, he has a little part in Inside Lewin Davis. I think he's really great there. was really excited to see this movie because of, of him. Marion Cotillard, I don't want to go off and name her films because we're going to be doing that later in our top five. Uh, but uh, she's another actress who I just... Any time that she's in something, I automatically, like, my ears become a little more interested in the conversation. Um, but I, I, this is this is such an interesting film and hard to talk about because it's a rock opera. It's It's one of those films that you can't help but feel... Is a bit pretentious. It's just it. This isn't a film that's gonna be for everybody. And if you don't like musicals, you're not gonna like it. If you don't like films that can be pretentious, you're not gonna like it. If you don't like films that have a doll as a baby, you're not gonna like it. I mean, that's an interesting thing to say, but it's it's here. It's in this film. I mean, the, the whole the whole opening number of this film was like, uh, hey, can we get? It's like something to the to the extent of can we get started now? I mean, th- that pulled me into the film was really excited to see where this film was going to go because, I mean, you have all the main players, the, the musicians who wrote the, the music for this, they're all there, Every, everyone's ready, and I, I was ready for it. I was ready for the film. I think that I made a mistake when programming for this week's show. It's top five million culture films. Really, it should be top five Adam Driver films. I mean, Adam Driver is the main star of this film. His performance, uh, in many ways, is just aggravating and at times can be heartbreaking to watch it is very much the stars born trajectory that he's going on for those of you who've seen that film one person's star rises while another's fades that's that's what this is this is a story that's been told time and time again this film does take it to some darker places but i think it's worth watching i mean the performance is good uh a lot of the songs are kind of hitting the same pattern over and over again but for once again, it's a rock opera. It's for the most part, it, this is an opera. I mean, there are bits of dialogue here and there, but most of it's sung. So if that's not your cup of tea, if you don't like those kind of things, don't watch this. But I, I obviously talk all the time in the show about how I love musicals, and I think this is it's a, an interesting, um, an interesting addition to that genre. But uh, obviously, it's not going to work for everybody. Um, Mike. What are your thoughts here on Annette? Uh, I think this movie is garbage. Um, I was going to stop halfway through it because I could no longer take it. And then I realized I was only like a third of the way through. Not like a fifth of the way through. It's two and a half hours, isn't it? It's two hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's two, I was like, two hours and 40 minutes, I believe, actually. I was like only 30 minutes in and I was so bored I couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> um, the music is all repetitive. They just chant the same stupid line over and over again most of the time. It got so annoying so quickly. The plot is incoherent. The characters don't really change at all. Uh, it's just, it's awful. I hated it so much. <laughs> I liked uh, Adam Driver and Marion Cotillard, but they were wasted. It was, it was such a bad movie. Mike, do you normally like musicals, though? 
I do, just not the ones we watch on here, apparently. <laughs> he just doesn't like the ones that I pick. That's what, <laughs> that's what happens. Yeah. I just wanted to check, because I, I feel like you don't watch as many as John and I have been known to. Yeah, I don't watch as many as you two, but I still enjoy musicals. I enjoy music. All that stuff. I just... This was just awful. The songs were bad. There isn't... I don't, can't think of a single good song. Most of it's just, like I said, repeating the same line over and over again. I mean, don't... I don't, know, it's don't get me wrong. I'm never going to, like, listen to the soundtrack for this film. Um, I mean, when we, had the, we had the film on Vivo, what, two weeks ago? Three weeks ago? It's a film that I didn't like, but that's, that's still a soundtrack that I have listened to outside of that film. I enjoy this film, but for me, like, this is... There are some films out there that I consider one-and-done films. This is one of them. I never need to watch this again, but I definitely enjoyed the experience watching it, and I feel like I got something out of watching it. Samantha, I'd like you to go with your general thoughts before I keep on rambling. I actually liked it, guys. Yeah. Um, I do agree with Jonathan that the first song really did kind of bring you in. I, I don't know. I was interested and creeped out and... I was in the story, like, I was enjoying the, the, the ride, if you will, and yeah, I do think it's a little pretentious, but I went along with it. Um, couple a of... little pretentious is filled with pretension. It is all 100% pretentious. Sorry I interrupted you, I apologize. <laughs> no, I, 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 Mike, I do, agree, I do agree with you. This is a really pretentious film. If if you can't get past that first 10 minutes, turn the film off, you're not going to get through the rest of it. That's true. That That is true. Um, a couple of things I feel the need to just randomly list is Adam Driver at the beginning playing a comedian. He really reminded me of the comedian Bo Burnham except darker. So I'm just I'm just wondering if that's like where he took his inspiration from or why they chose that style of comedy to do. I'm kind of curious on that. The other thing I really want to just mention is that child puppet is the creepiest thing I have ever seen and I distinctly remember looking at it and saying, John, what the heck is that thing? That is not a child. Yeah, and, and It's that, creepy, guys. I did not appreciate it. That was the, I never saw a trailer for this film, but that was the one thing I knew about <laughs> the film coming in was it had a, a puppet baby. A creepy uh, which, child. Which is obviously, that's something that you actually need to get the story. Like I could see why they used it, but I was still creeped out by it. When it comes to the, the comedic side of things, I, I think something that I thought was interesting is if you're paying attention to his jokes, they his jokes, which hey, I don't find that funny, but that's whatever with that. But the, the actual jokes that he's telling between uh, the first time you see him and then the second time, they're the same jokes. Nothing that he's doing has changed. The way that the crowd is uh, uh, reacting to him has changed because of things that have happened in the film. Which I think that's something that's interesting to point out. That that's something that this director is commenting on with mm-hmm. other things. I mean, whether it be... I, I, I have to tread lightly here because it's, it's a very sensitive subject and I don't... I, I'm not the one... I'm not talented enough to speak about it. I shouldn't be the one speaking about it. And this film really, I don't think, is overly speaking about it either. It's just making an aside about it. I don't think it's... Like, it's giant thesis is the Me Too movement. I don't think that's what this film is doing. It's, while important to the story, obviously, it's not... The whole point of it. Let, let me ask this. I, this Mike, this is probably more a question for more of, of you than Samantha. How do you feel about the Woody Allen films? Like, do you still go back and watch Woody Allen films and enjoy them, or do you have this 
problem where you can't watch them because of how, I mean, problematic Woody Allen is as a person. I don't really usually, I don't really go back and watch Woody Allen films. I've liked a few of his films, but I'm not the biggest fan of him. I mean, I mean, for me though, like I love Annie Hall. I think Annie Hall is one of the best romantic comedies out there, and I love uh, the film that's not going to make my list here for Marion Cotillard films, but it's a film I really like, Midnight in Paris. I really love it. I feel like they, I can still like the art that these people give, and put aside the fact that they are horrible people. Same thing as Kevin Spacey, actually. Uh, I mean, he's really good in, in Seven. He's really good in Baby Driver. Is he a terrible person? Yes. He's not. He's never going to work again, which I think is great. That's where he should be. But I'm not going to take away from his performances that he has given. I can't judge him based. I, I mean, I can judge him based on his past crimes, but I can't. How does that? <laughs> I feel like I'm just going to stop talking here because I'm going to dig myself a grave that people on the internet are going to come at me with pitchforks. But I. I'm not defending the actions of these people. I'm just saying that they have made good art. And if we just look at the art by itself, where does that stand? A more simple, simplified version of this question. In 200 years from now, is anybody going to remember the name Kevin Spacey or, or Woody Allen? Or are they just going to be like, yep, these were movies that came out. How do we react to them? I, I, I don't think that we're far enough out in history to, to judge that. Film itself is still relatively a new art form compared to all these other art forms out there. So we don't have the uh, the time. We're not far enough along to judge that. But that's something I've been thinking about. And I think this film brushes with that briefly. Anyway, yeah, Mike, I, I am sorry that you didn't enjoy this. I have definitely been where you are for films like this. But I, I really do think it's the performances from Adam Driver and Marion Coulter that keep me motivated throughout this entire film. If they were giving bad performances, I would have turned on this film in a heartbeat. But because their performances, the performances that they're giving are so raw, I, I'm enjoying it. I, I, I really am. Especially, especially towards the third act of the film for Adam Driver's performances. I think that, uh, he's going really... He's going to some really interesting places. I've, I, one thing I should note, I've never seen the TV show Girl, Girls. That was on HBO. I know that I've uh, heard a couple of people talking about how his performance in this film is similar to that that he gave in that show. I've never seen it. I can't judge that. But as a standalone here with this film, I think it's a good performance and should definitely be seen. Mike, do you have anything else to say? Or Samantha, do you, do you have anything else to do? You do okay. I just want to say I also like some of the scenes with um, Wallowitz. What's his name? Simon Hinberg. With Simon Hinberg in them. Uh, I I actually really like the scene where he's conducting and talking to us at the same time. I actually liked how that was done. I thought that was a really good scene. Like uh, I actually really like that scene. Hellberg uh, is his last name, so I apologize yeah. on that. But uh, no, I think that's really good, I and mean, that's giving you. And he's just a side character, but I thought that was also like really interesting. I'm mean, still very important to this actual plot of this film, though. It's not like he's just uh, randomly here for five minutes and then just doesn't right. make an impact in the film. I, I think that he's actually an interesting actor. I don't think anyone else here saw Florence Foster Jenkins, uh, but he's the the third star of that film, and he's really good in that film. I mean, he's he's proven that he can do dramatic roles, but A, probably because of the money he made from Big Bang Theory, he doesn't really need to do those. 
Right. Or B, because of Big Bang Theory, everyone thinks he's just a comedian and doesn't want to give him those roles. He is good. He's good here. I wish we could see more of his dramatic side. I don't think a lot of people are going to see his dramatic side because, once again, this is a really independent, pretentious film. And I can't believe I'm the one saying that I liked it because usually when I watch films that are pretentious, I come at it with a pitchfork being like, why aren't you telling a good story? Why are you just trying to dazzle me with the visuals? And this film does have visuals that are pretty good, but pretty interesting to watch. But I think the story here is great. So for me, I'm going to actually say, see this film. I would love to see it in the theater. I really, like, I'm not going to watch it again. I wish I could have seen it for the first time in a theater. I think that would have been a really, just a really emotional experience to watch it in the theater. And especially a crowded theater just with a lot of people. This isn't, once again, a blockbuster film. This isn't going to be a film where everybody lives happy at the end. This is a film that's going to get people talking. This is a film that's going to make people angry. They're going to make people happy. I think that's great. That's what films are supposed to do. And the fact that I'm championing this film so much, I can't believe. But definitely, definitely see it for Annette. Mike, I, I the feeling I know what your rating is, but let's just hear it. What do you think it is, Jonathan? I'm pretty sure it's going to be a Let It Burn. It is. Burn it all to the ground. It was awful. The, even uh, so, you think even so the performances in this film were bad? Everything else was so bad that yes, I, I just let it burn anyway. I would not watch it ever. I would never recommend it to anyone. When you're saying people are like filling a movie theater full of people to watch it, and that sounds like a torture thing that should be outlawed. No one should ever have to watch this movie. I I I am I, once again. I need to state this. This is not the like we're coming to the end of summer here. This is not a summer blockbuster. This is not going to be that, hey, let's just go watch things blow up. This is not even A Star is Born, where it's like, let's just watch a great Lady Gaga performance and let her sing Shallows and all things like that. This this film is not meant to be that. I, this never trying to be that. So I I think it should be seen, but it's it shouldn't be seen by everybody, if that makes sense. Like, I... I just know that I'm going to tell people to go see this, and I can know... They're going to hate you They're going to hate me for it. Like Mike does right now. So, but I I, I don't regret watching this at all. I think it was great to watch. I felt... It's hard to describe that feeling that you have after just watching a great movie. Like, you just... You feel your spirit uplifted. Now, keep in mind... I might be really happy because I just watched two movies I didn't care about at all. So that, that that's taken with, I guess, a grain of salt because I yeah watched it after uh, Sweet Girl and Reminiscence. But really liked this film. So I, I'm sticking with my rating. See it. I've done that before where I've given a film a rent it because I'm like, this film doesn't isn't meant for everybody. I shouldn't have done that. Looking back at some of my past reviews, I have to speak for myself and how I feel about the film. It's a see it. Uh, my ratings also see it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I feel like John really summed it up well, so just, uh, see it, but with the warning that it might not be for you, I guess. There, there, there are moments of the film that do make me question some elements, of some choices made. Do, do those moments take away from my overall enjoyment of the film? No. So, I'm, I, if you agree or disagree with our takes... Feel free to email us at filmologyshow at gmail.com. I'm willing to bet that at some point in the year, this show, or this show, this film, might actually come back up again. So. Maybe. Well, 
Maybe. We'll see. Time will tell. We have a lot of the year yet to go before we can get to that. We're going to play one last clip here from a Marion Cotillard film, and then we'll be back on the other side to talk about our top five Marion Cotillard before uh, Marion Cotillard films. And the Oscar goes to. Marion Cotillard, La Vie en Rose. This is the first Academy Award in nomination for Marion Cotillard. So much, uh, Olivier. What you did to me, Maestro Olivier Dao. You rocked my life. <laughs> You've truly rocked my life. Thank you so much to Picture House for your passion. Members of the Academy, thank you so so much. And um, wow. Uh, well, I'm speechless now. I, uh, I, well, I thank you, life. Thank you, love. And uh, it is true, there is some angels in this city. Thank you so, so much. All right, and we are back now to talk about our top five Marion Cotillard films. Once again, similar as we did with Val Kilmer earlier this month, these are actual films, not the performances in the films, because then, for me, I can tell you right now, my rating would be different, but since some people on this call have a problem distinguishing the two between a film and a performance, uh, we're just doing films right now. Eventually, we'll get to performances, probably not from Marion Coulter, because she doesn't have, like, the, you know, vast filmography, but... I think that she has a really great one. Yeah, once again, I, I really love Maria Coltiar. I'm probably the, the biggest fanboy on this call of her. I love going to see films that she's in, and she's always a selling point of a film. Even if it's a bad one, I mean, I'll go see it because she's in it. So, does anybody have any thoughts on Marion Coltiar before we go, or am I just... I'm, I'm on my own little island here. Well, I didn't know her name before... Um... You asked me to make the top five. But you've seen her... I mean, obviously you've seen movies that she's in. Yes. So. But I didn't know it was her, if that makes sense. So I wasn't, like, picking her out of the crowd. I mean, it's not like she's, like, you know... A, a general audiences is going to know her. I mean, like, general right. audiences are going to know Scarlett Johansson, Brie Larson, people like that, but they're not going to know Marion Cotillard. I mean, she's done. she's been in big blockbuster films, but usually she's not the main focus of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, for even films that I'll be talking about here... Uh, going forward so uh i'll start us off with uh, my number five and my number five is going to be the dark knight rises while obviously being the weakest of that trilogy it's still a thought-provoking film she gives a good performance uh, actually i wish that she had a little bit more to do in the film but the film's already close to three hours long so i don't want no longer film uh but i really enjoyed the dark knight rises i know that i'm kind of in the minority with saying that it's the weakest of the trilogy. I know a lot of people think Batman Begins is the weakest, but I'd definitely rather watch Batman Begins than The Dark Knight Rises. So, The Dark Knight Rises is my number five pick. 
I only watched six movies apparently with her in it when I was going down the list, and we all know it's not going to make it. So my number five though is Contagion. Um, I watched it once in theaters when it first came out. Barely remember it, but it was good. Um, but from my lack of marrying movies, this is my number five. Sam. My number five is The Little Prince. I did read the book before seeing this movie, and I thought it was an interesting. The book is nothing. The movie is nothing like the. They book. took the characters, took a couple ideas, and made a new movie with it. <laughs> um, is what I'll say, but I, I was already, like acquainted with the characters, and I did like the movie. I thought it was a good movie, but it's not compared to the book, if that makes any sense. But anyway, she was the voice of the Rose in it, so she wasn't a huge part, but still an important it's one. It's an important part, actually. Yeah. Uh, the, the Little Prince movie, by the way, really good and uplifting. The Little Prince uh, story, short story, I don't even depressing. know Depressing. It, it's depressing. <laughs> it is de- the exact opposite of that movie. Yeah. So if you like watch that movie and you're like, cool, I want my kids to read this book, don't yeah, do don't it. do it. Don't do it. So uh, <laughs> just thought that should be stated. I think we stated it way back when we talked about The Little Prince, like, what, 2016 maybe, 2017? I don't know, it's been a while. My number four is Contagion. It's a film that I really like. Uh, I haven't been able to rewatch. I, we talked about this once again a couple of weeks ago, maybe last week even. I haven't been able to watch this film in a long time, at least the past year and a half. Uh, and I don't think I'll ever actually be able to watch this film again, based on the, you know... Based on life. Based on life. Uh, it, it's, it's a little bit too realistic. And uh, it's I think I believe she plays the one of the main scientists in the film, and it's it's a really it's a great film. It's it's uh, at the time it was a really uh, edge of your seat thriller, and right now it makes me just want to do mess off a hole and stay there. But uh, number four, Contagion. Uh, my number four is actually what an Allen movie, uh, Midnight in Paris. I think you you mentioned that being one of your favorites recently, right? You know, I mentioned it, it's an honorable mention for me. It didn't make my list, but I, I do really like the film. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was um, interesting. Um, if you haven't seen it, you should definitely go watch it. Samantha? My number four is Allied. It's a good movie, and it made me cry, and uh, that's all I have to say about it. Well, my number three is also Allied. And oh, John will tell you more. Then. I'll tell you more. You said it was a good movie? It's a great movie. I mean, most people say Robert Zemeckis can't make good movies. and I, Well, lately he can't make good movies. And for the most part, I agree with them. But then this film just came out of left field. Wasn't expecting it to be good at all. Uh, Brad Pitt, Marion Cotillard. It is just... It's a great thriller. It's a great suspense film. Feels a lot, in some ways, like a Hitchcock film. Uh, and it, it's really good. It's This is a really good film. I know a lot of people haven't seen it, but I spoke really highly of it at the time when it came out. I gave it a really positive review. Uh, I haven't actually seen it since, but my memory of it has grown immensely. I think it's really great. Maybe it's not as great as my memory makes it out to be, but Marion Cotillard does give a really good performance in the film that you can never know exactly what's going on. Which, that's the whole, whole point of the film. It's a twisty, turny road, and I, I think it's great. So, number three is Allied. My number three is, I'm still never everyone knows, Inception. I really enjoyed it. It's one of my favorite Christopher Nolan movies. Um, and I don't think I really need to say much more about it. My number three is Contagion. I've watched that movie multiple times, and it's really good, unfortunately realistic, which means I can probably never watch it the same again. 
Yeah, but I, I did like the movie before the pandemic it's, quite a bit. It's one of those films that <laughs> when it came out, like, it felt really, like, it, it didn't feel like something like that could happen. It, 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 like, it felt so... I disagree. Otherworldly. Other you thought... Like, so, okay. I watched it when I was in school. I don't remember which... If I was middle or high school, but I was in school, and my parents both traveled for work, and my dad had just gotten back from China when I first watched it, and it scared the shit out of me, because I was like, oh, my household is going to be the one going down first, and it freaked me out, because I was like, that's totally possible. I'm, I'm not saying that. I either. had nightmares for a while. About that because I was like this is literally so scary why has this not happened yet I don't understand this is terrifying what's happening now but um, so it's happening now uh but it scared me when I first watched it because I was like this is believable enough that I'm terrified I'm not saying the whole like that part of it I'm I, I, I'm talking about the it felt really weird to see I, I believe there's uh baseball fields football fields that are set up as morgues in that film it's yeah. I mean it, I don't think we're at that point right now with and things. And they were doing the vaccine lottery, which is Correct. is what... We didn't do that for the coronavirus vaccine. We did it in groups. But in that one, they literally did a lottery. And I was like, that is so scary. You know, you, by random chance, you might get the vaccine. And you it, know? It, it, that felt just so... And now we know that that may not be the case based on certain people's beliefs and whatnot. That not everyone would be vying for that vaccine like the movie had them, you know? Which I thought was something interesting if you're comparing right. it to real life, but we don't have to. I'm, do not going to I'm not going down that rabbit hole. I just thought I should say it. <laughs> I, I have thoughts, but I'm not going to go down there. Um, okay. My, my number two is Inception. It's it's not Christopher Nolan's best film. It's definitely probably, I mean, one of his best films. I think it, most of the time, every time he comes out with a film, it's one of his best films. Which is kind of the caliber of a director he is. But this is, I mean, without Marion Coulter, this film doesn't happen. She's like the whole, she's she's always there. Whether she's on screen or not. I mean, even even during the, the last, like, final twist of the movie and the last, like, beat of the movie, you're kind of wondering what's going on. And it's all because of that character. So, I definitely, I mean, who hasn't seen Inception at this point? Samantha, have you not seen Inception? I've seen Inception. Okay. I was it's gonna, on my list. Okay. You'll hear about it. Uh, it's going to be a little bit worried there. Uh, yeah, I mean, great movie. Great movie. I just saw it again in theaters when it came out for its 10th anniversary uh, last year. So, really good movie. Inception, <laughs> number two. My number two is The Dark Knight Rises. I, I know a lot of people have a problem with that movie. I think you mentioned that, Jonathan. Um, but it, I enjoyed it. Um, and since Jonathan already talked about it and it's kind of a big movie, I'll just pass it on to Samantha right away. So I know Jonathan doesn't like when I do this, but I have Annette as my number two. And we already talked about that movie. So she, she, I She's more? completely correct. I don't like it when we put movies on our list. It is a Marion film. It belongs on the list. Uh, no, I, I mean, I feel like my five films are stronger than Annette, but... Uh, my number one, it's a film I, I watched specifically for this. I was doing some homework. Two Days and a Night. And it is, it's, uh, Marion Cotero is playing this woman who works for this company and she's, she's, they put it up to a vote where they she gets fired and everybody else gets their bonuses 
or she stays and nobody gets a bonus. And it's such an interesting look at just humanity and just the choices that we make and why we make them. And in a lot of ways, it's a heartbreaking film to watch. There's a lot of gut punches. It's really short. It's an hour and a half. So, you know, if you don't have time to watch a two and a half hour long uh, Magnus Opus, that, I mean, this is, this is definitely like, when I say that she is a phenomenal performer, this is one of those films that I'm going to point to and say, go watch this film. It's not going to be for everybody because it's just, a, I mean, it's, it's a small film. It's really intimate, but it's just a gut punch to watch in a phenomenal performance from Marion Cotillard. It's a film I'll most likely never forget. So uh, two days and a night. My number one is Big Fish. I've talked about it quite a bit before, I think. did we might have? I don't think we watched it for the show, though. I definitely talked about it and put it on some Definitely talked about it and put it on other lists, though. Um, if you haven't seen it yet, go watch it. Now. It's fantastic. I've never seen it. I've never what seen it. What are you going to say, Jonathan? I've never seen it. These we... are massively disappointing. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mike. It's okay. We'll go watch it right now. Alright, recording's over. Gotta go. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> My number one is Inception as predicted i think it's really interesting that at some point you don't know what is reality anymore it's kind of fun it's time to wake up it's a great film i'm not I, it's, it's I'm not, good i'm not dissing you for the film uh, does anybody have any honorable mentions i know that i'm probably the only one that does no okay uh midnight in paris obviously it would be an honorable mention and uh she was in uh, a version of macbeth and she plays lady macbeth really good Really good, I, but since we're judging this based on the film, I have some issues with the film overall, but the performance there is really great, so highly recommend that if you want to go check out a good Marion Cotillard performance. Next week, we're going to kind of, you know, we, we, we've been sticking with these like actors for a while, uh, at least with Val Kilmer and now uh, Marion Cotillard. We're going to go back to just looking at normal movies, but we're going to be looking at horror movies, horror movie remakes. Tying in with our review of Candyman. We're taking a look at that film. That's going to be exclusively in theaters. So if you do want to check it out, you're going to have to go to the theater to see it. But uh, otherwise, we have uh, two other films. Mike has one and Samantha has one. Uh, Samantha, would you like to say what yours is and where it's streaming? Uh, the movie I picked is We Broke Up, which is a new movie on Hulu. I uh, would like to caveat that not new new to hulu uh it's new... a 2021 film is that better it's a 2021 film yeah correct yeah i uh... so it's new enough yeah, it's, in it's, my opinion it's new enough and people did have the chance to see this before if they wanted to do a vod viewing experience but it will be new to us and new i'm assuming to most people so you're more correct than you probably than i'll probably give you credit for but uh <laughs> Uh, so that's Samantha's pick. Uh, Mike, what's your pick? Oh, it's Blood Red Sky on Netflix. I have no idea what that movie is, but we shall... We shall see. Is this a 90s movie? <laughs> it, came out, it came out this year. 2021. Right. So Samantha's typing it in, and she types in blood, and then There Will Be Blood pops up, and I get really excited. Oh my, this looks scary. So, Candyman, which is in theaters, We Broke Up on Hulu, and Blood Red Sky on Netflix. 
top five is top five horror movie remakes. Samantha's got some homework to do. Yeah. Mike, I don't know if you have your homework to do. You've probably seen enough horror movie remakes. Uh, I definitely have enough, but I'll still do some homework because... You'll do homework with me because I don't watch horror movies alone. Yeah. And uh, I, uh, <laughs> we'll talk more about horror movies next week because I have fun stories to tell. But uh, anyway, if you want to uh, listen to more episodes of the show... Without the lawnmower going the whole time from our groundskeeper, you can go to filmologyshow.com. We have past reviews of this very podcast up over there and past written reviews all the way back to 2013. Also, we have a top five lists and archived top five lists if you want to find some good recommendations for films to watch. Also, make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all Filmology Show. We have content going up over there as well. And I know that we've been talking about doing some more content, posting to older film reviews, trying to get some more uh, conversations going about some of the other films that might not have gotten the love they deserved when they came out. But we're going to be uh, doing that over on those social media channels. Mike, Samantha, thank you for joining me this week. It's going to do it for this show. And everybody, we'll see you next week. And enjoy your weekend film. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.